You're listening to the already cancelled podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. We have some bad hombres here and we're going to get them out. Love some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. Let's put a smile on that face. These allegations are false. Watch your profanity. Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Already Cancelled Podcast, where we rant about social issues from our Christian perspective and look deep at life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. My name is Nathan, and I'm joined today by my co-host, John. Hello, Nathan. That's right. Uh, We're excited to come back with you guys for part two of our social media episodes, uh, not last week, but the week before. On episode 18, you heard the plague of social media. Uh, we talked about just kind of some of the issues that we see with social media, some of the problems. Uh, we plugged The Social Dilemma on Netflix once or twice. Just so, a few times. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, we highly recommend that you go back and check that episode out. Give it a listen um, just you know, to kind of set us up for this episode. This episode, uh, Stories from Social Media, um, we're going to have a couple of interviews. So we're going to have uh, Tabby, who is a social media influencer and has really just exploded on some of the platforms as far as followers go. And then we're going to have one from Liz, who's actually deleted uh, some of her social media accounts and how that's affected her and her life and what she sees on a daily basis um, in, in things that she's involved in. So let's, uh, let's jump right to it. And so we are joined now with Tabby Kaufman. She is a TikTok influencer and star. Uh, Tabby has over 425,000 followers on TikTok right now. Uh, She's on Instagram. She's on YouTube. Um, She's our little influencer that we know. So (laughs) uh, that being said, Tabby, how are you? I am doing very well. Glad to be here. Now, Nathan, uh, tell... Tell us what uh, what we've got coming up on this docket. What uh, so we have some questions in regards to social media and and how it's used by the interviewees and in this case, uh, Tabby. We thank you for being here. And then we have two questions: one in the beginning and one in the end that we have not told our interviewees. And this is kind of a fun question. Nothing nothing too serious, but it's something to that is just gonna make our podcast stand out a little and it and it creates some some laughs and and some and good times and then we'll delve right into our questions so uh john why don't you start it off start us off with that first one tabby what's one thing that's really popular now but in five years everyone will look back on and be embarrassed by oh uh <laughs> flare pants probably flared pants that's a good one i know those are coming back uh, into style like, again. Yeah, I feel like I'll probably be embarrassed of my flared pants in five years. But as of now, I'm just going to wear them very proudly. Just keep <laughs> rocking it, yeah. There you go. It's like the 90s. You know, we all look back at 90s clothes and go, wow, oof. But mm-hmm. the 90s really are coming back, though. Yeah, like, they are. Yeah, full circle. Here we I go. I think some of that might just be nostalgia for simpler times. Yeah, when the world wasn't insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for question number one, and we kind of, John already kind of introed this and, and she told us a little bit about it, but what platforms are you on and, and how do you use them? So I am on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, but I mostly post on TikTok um, and Instagram. Uh, that's where things kind of really started taking off. Uh, TikTok. Yeah, it's my biggest platform by far. 
Um, and I really started, uh, I started it kind of just to like have fun and it's to dance because I'm a part-time dance teacher. So yeah, I kind of just use it to have fun as of now. And, and John already told us, but you have how many followers roughly on, on TikTok? I guess roughly, it's followers. I don't know. Yeah, roughly 425,000. That's impressive. That's very impressive. I uh, I know she posted a video just last week that's already got like 1.2 million views. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. And then um, yeah. on Instagram, I guess you primarily would use then the Reels function. Um because that's kind of works in tandem with TikTok, I guess, or do you use it all? I actually didn't use it all until like two days ago. I uploaded my first reel, which is kind of like crazy. I don't know why I didn't do that before, but um, yeah, I just got on there, honestly. That's real cool. (laughs) 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 No, so that being said... um, Tell us about what it was like going viral. Like, when did you realize that you were viral? Like, did you well, did you start out? Did you intend to try to go viral, or did, was it just like natural? No, I did not think it was going to happen at all. So, I first got on TikTok last year in March of 2020, and like saying that I know we all have like flashbacks of trauma from March 2020. We're all a little um, triggered, yeah. yeah just a little uh and so my boss I remember I was working from home at the time um because everything was shut down and I was super bored and on a work group chat my boss mentioned TikTok and she was like Tabby like you're a dancer you should totally get on TikTok like that would be so fun and before quarantine I was like TikTok that's so stupid I'm way too mature for that (laughs) and then and then quarantine happened and I was like you know what my boss said I should do it I'm just gonna do it so bored have nothing to do anyways so like right off the bat I post some videos and my account is public and I start getting like probably like at least 10,000 views like on my first videos. And so like for those of you who don't have TikTok, like that's kind of a lot, especially if you're just starting out. I, I would say most that. people probably like have around 50 views or like if they're lucky, a couple hundred views when they are posting. So right away I was like, oh my gosh, people are watching my videos. This is crazy. Um, and so I had been posting from March 2020 to uh, July 2020, and it all went down. I started going viral on July 4th <laughs> because I posted a video of me wearing a MAGA hat. You did it. I did. <laughs> you I should did. know better. <laughs> I should have, you know, and it, it's so funny because I literally not a thought crossed my mind that I was going to trigger anyone at all. I should have known. But I had like 73,000 followers at that point. And so I post this this video on July 4th. I'm wearing the MAGA hat 
and I put it on because it matched my outfit. It's red, and yeah. it has to do with America. Yeah. So I did that, and um, like five, six days later, I um, opened up TikTok. It was in the morning, and my comments have always been turned off because I just didn't want to deal with anything. Yeah. And I opened TikTok, and there's like a ton of notifications saying that people have added me and like commented. I was like, what in the world is this about? So I start looking at them and people were posting hate videos about me because of my MAGA video. They were like screen recording my video and then like making fun of me and like everyone in their comments and like saying that I was like disabled and like Jesus regrets putting you on this earth like tons of crazy stupid really just hateful stuff yeah like tons of hateful stuff and I was like this is insane like a video that took five minutes to make and like 30 seconds of a video and people are losing their minds and so did Um, all that have an effect on you I mean did it change your approach? Um, to TikTok, not, not really. I mean, I was really like angry at everybody for what they were saying because I just thought, like, what if I was someone else that couldn't handle all of this? You know, like cyberbullying is a huge thing. Yeah, and like it really does affect a lot of people. And they can't just put their phone down and forget about it. Um, So, yeah, I was really mad. And I decided to make a YouTube video about the experience and um, about the effects of cyberbullying. Because I do have a platform and I want to stand up for those who are being censored or bullied into silence or whatever it might be. And so, did, if you know, how many views or did that YouTube video catch on? I mean, did it, did it receive a lot of likes kind of a thing um, based on the, your response to the reaction to what you had posted? Um, so, that video on TikTok has like 1.6 million views, over 100,000 likes, even though I got like tons of hate messages. Nice. Yeah, I was like, okay, clap back, clap back. (laughs) (laughs) And then my YouTube video is up to like 21,000 views, I think now. That's pretty respectable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So has has that hate like changed the way that you approach social media at all or you just keep doing you? Um, Honestly, I just keep doing me because I feel like they were trying to cancel me. And the way that you stand up against cancel culture, if your platform isn't banned, that is, is to not change who you are or what you stand for and to not back down or make an apology for something that you believe. So I've posted more videos with my MAGA hat and my YouTube video. I've got like two MAGA hats. I've got... Donald Trump on my fridge behind me. So, yeah, I don't I don't let them influence 
what I post. Well, and I think in today's world, we're especially seeing a lot of issues with this kind of response. And that our previous episode touches on that and shows, you know, how basically everyone's easily triggered. And mm-hmm. in social media is really the breeding ground for this. And so would would you say, I think, for, you know, to maybe answer the question I'm going to ask next, um, has it made your life better or worse? I would say it's maybe provided awareness to some of the, because it made it more personal. You know, the, the issue became personal because people were then attacking you versus, you know, you always hear about, oh, somebody's attacking Tucker Carlson or something like along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but did, did that did it make your life better or worse? It, or, you know, how, how would you say or describe how that awareness of what's going on changed you on that personal level? Well, yeah, that's the thing about cancel culture. Like you're right. It, they do make it personal. It's not, it, it wasn't about the politics. They weren't coming at me. Um, like with comments about my politics much, it was more like, uh, coming at me personally because they didn't have anything to back up why they hate my political view or anything. Um, but I just, how I deal with it is, you know, I want to, um, I want to show Jesus to everyone and the way that I react to hate and those hate messages is an opportunity Mm -hmm. to show Jesus And is an opportunity to show the world that, like, we are different. And when we do follow Jesus, we treat people differently, even when they hate us or disrespect us. Um, There's a verse in 1 Corinthians uh, 16, 14. It says, let all you do be done in love. And so when I would respond to the hate messages, I made sure, like, I was respectful and let them know, like, this isn't how you should treat people. Um, mm, I like that. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really cool take to see. Cause I think a lot of people would just instantly, you know, Oh, I'm viral now. How can I leverage this to make money? How can I use this to better myself or even retaliate? Yeah. Or even mm-hmm. clap back on the haters. Um, mm-hmm. But I like that your response is how can I show Christ's love to them and how can I be different than the rest of the world? I really like that. Yeah. You know, and uh, for those of you who are listening that don't know, like I am a little person and I am three foot 10. So like when I'm out there, I'm not only representing Jesus because I put out there, like I'm a Jesus follower, everybody knows, but I'm also like representing the, little people community and I'm bringing awareness to us. And, um, honestly the stereotypes, they're getting better, but they're not quite gone about little people. You know, it's that like, Oh, there's always that angry little person in every movie. And I'm like, no, like, I'm pretty sure that's like, I'm pretty sure that's like the same person, like the same actor in all of the movies just being typecast. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. We might so have to like, have another episode on just like stereotypes and bring you back for that. Cause that sounds really interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, the hate and, you know, the negativity of cancel culture would be like a negative of social media. But, um, have you noticed any other negatives of social media in society around us? Um, 
I mean, I really think that social media is just, it's not healthy for the most part. Like things are only, you only see people's highlight reels. Um, so I think it really messes with how you view your, yourself and the world. Um, I think that's a big negative of it. And also like lies can be spread so quickly throughout the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think it, it does, it's a multiple pronged, uh, social media is a multi pronged source, I guess. You know, you can connect with people you haven't connected with in a long time, but it can also influence, you know, the way you think about yourself because, like you said, um, all the, you, it's highlight reels. It's, you know, look at me, you know, I look so wonderful in this picture with nature, or, you know, I, I, I you know. We see other people's highlight reels and compare that to, you know, our lives. Our, our our worst you know times and then we compare that mm-hmm. to what they're showing which is only the best times you know and and in the social media in the social dilemma the movie on netflix which you should done, go watch <laughs> uh the the they talk about how it affects a lot of young teens and and mm-hmm. girls and how they view the way they you know they look and that kind of thing and, and from a male's perspective you know mine i think god made everyone the you know obviously the body is is the Lord's temple, and so you want to take care of it, obviously. You know, not, you know, just go out and eat Twinkies all day long. But, you know, what I'm trying to say is don't, don't let the world's interpretation of what you look like or you are, you know, in, in, in general with what we see on social media, determine your value. Your value comes from the Lord. And that, I think you've, you've reflected on that. And what you, you know, and you reference the bullying and cyberbullying, and that is a big deal. And, and so with that, you know, in mind and, and the chance that that could potentially happen, um, how would you, what would be your some advice for people who are seeking to go viral or are putting videos out there or thinking about, you know, posting some, you know, videos of themselves or thing, you know, ideas or they're things looking, that they think They're looking about. for that, you know, five seconds of fame. Yeah, so. right. So what would be your advice you know, in case they step on the hornet's nest or if even if they want to post? My advice would be make sure you're surrounding yourself with a good community that's going to keep your head on your shoulders, that's going to um, help push it back against some of that hate or some of those lies that um, you might experience if you're trying to go viral, especially if you're, um, like being politically, uh, if you like Trump or whatever, politically incorrect Yeah, when you're wrong. Yeah. Make sure, (laughs) make sure you're going back to the truth about what God says about you and you're not being consumed by this, like this world in your phone. Do you think like know who you are? (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think social media is like, you know, something people should pursue? Because I know nowadays, like, there's been a culture shift over the past 15 years. And, you know, kids used to want to be doctors and lawyers and, you know, firefighters. But now it's, you know, they want to be YouTubers and Instagram models and whatnot. Do you think that's healthy? Or do you think that, you know, we need to kind of shift that? I think that's a loaded question, but... (laughs) It is a loaded question. Um... (laughs) I don't know that I would say 
it has potential to be healthy or unhealthy, but I would love to see more um, Christians and Christ followers out there or even people just being good examples um, in the social media world. So if that's where you think God is calling you, which I really think nowadays, like he he will call Christians into um, the social media world, like do it, but stand strong and stand firm in your faith. Um, the Bible talks about being in the world, but not of the world. Make sure that's what you're going to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have, have, you know, had this idea that, you know, Christians are, you should flee these social media platforms because of their stance. And I understand where they're coming from, right? If you knock the stools out, uh, the legs out from under the stool, the stool will crash, Yeah, we're, right? we're, we're protesting, we're boycotting. <laughs> if we all, you know, hit Facebook where it hurts by quitting, then they'll recognize and they'll, you know, treat us better. Um, Which, unfortunately, what it may do is the exact opposite. It may create a microcosm of people that all think the same thing and never mm-hmm. see anything that challenges their opinion. And, and that's kind of the, in particular, to social media. You know, if it was a business mm-hmm. that's funding something horrible, you don't have to buy from that business, right? But Facebook is kind of a platform of people, you know, it, it and people share their opinions, not the company. Well, it's supposed to be like that, but, you know. <laughs> well, I think they're already doing that, honestly. That's why people are getting banned who disagree. They want everyone to think the same way on all of these social media platforms. Yeah, I, I agree. So... With that, like whether whether it's good or bad, with the flux of people, you know, fleeing social media, um, have you ever thought about quitting? Do you think you would? You know, I have thought about quitting, especially after I saw the social dilemma. So, yeah, um, everybody go watch that. Um, but as of now, I I'm gonna still keep rolling with it. Um, I'm always praying that God will lead me and guide me to what he wants me to do and where he wants me to go. And, you know, I've received so many, so many more messages of love and support, um, from people than I have hate. Mm -hmm. And it has been really encouraging. Um, and people have told me like who have children or grandchildren that, are little people or are different or are bullied, they look at my page and like they're inspired by me. And that's, that's what I want to do for people. I want to inspire them and lead them to Jesus, hopefully. That's awesome. Well, and and we're called to be a light in the world. And that's, I -hmm. think what, what we're trying to get at in showing the problems with social media, but also showing, you know, in particular, you know, here with you today is the solution. Um, because obviously there's not one solution, one size fits all for everything, but, um, showing Christ's love and not allowing doing your best to not allow it to affect you personally, you know, as far as the haters go, um, Mm -hmm. that's basically crucial. And what we're called to be is Christ followers, not, you know, influencer followers, if you will. Now, yeah, obviously, you still follow them on social media. That's how it works. But what I mean by that is, you know, you're not you're not worshiping the person. You're you're worshiping the creator. It's about a healthy mindset, mm-hmm. I think. And I, I think that's a really great point that you make. Is like, 
you know, you've been gifted, you've been blessed by God to have this unique position um, to be able to influence, you know, for multiple different reasons and aspects. So I think that's really cool. Um, And I love your mindset about like not wanting to jump ship, even if, you know, it's not the best place to be, even if social media is mining all of your data, even if the Chinese, (laughs) you know, Communist Party has a direct line to your cell phone and they're listening to us right now. Uh, Like, uh, (laughs) Yeah, did we mention that? Did we mention that TikTok is uh, owned by Chinese Communist Party? ByteDance is the company that owns it. Oh, please don't remind me. (laughs) You're trying to forget. So we're... You know, people like me who don't really have a following, you know, I've got like 200 followers on Instagram. Um, I've got, you know, a hundred, couple hundred friends on Facebook. That's, and that's generous. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't really have, you know, this influencer status. And so for me, like social media is really more harm than good. Like it's fun to post something, but in general, like I don't get a lot of, you know, positive um, out of it. I'm not putting a lot of positivity out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like it would make sense to quit social media if I don't find it, you know, to, um, be beneficial if I'm opposed to, you know, the way the companies are, you know, um, working and how they're, they're using, um, my data or how they're, you know, treating others. That makes sense. But I think if you have that position, you know, um, I like, th- I like the way that you're leveraging it. Yeah, I mean, I only have, as John was mentioning, how many followers he had. I felt like I had to say something. I have 183, so woo, but, you know, I'm also following Yay. 888. So, you know, there's a little uh, lopsidedness yeah. there. I'm following quite a few people. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Yeah. No, like, my, my platform has given me so many more opportunities that I wouldn't had, have had without it um, to share the gospel with people. And it's just, and it's been really great. And it's actually helped me grow a lot in my faith, you know, through sharing the gospel with people, making sure I know what I'm talking about. But also like when I do feel like those negative comments are getting to me, like getting back into the word, mm. like going to the word and going to Jesus and seeking out wise counsel. Um, so I think it really has um been a good thing in my life that's awesome. to this point well and that's part of the reason you know why we haven't left social media as far as the already canceled podcast you know while we're we're we're, we're looking to just grow we're not we're not looking to fall <laughs> off we're not looking to you know jump ship we're looking at an upward trajectory so uh maybe you just need to post a video wearing a maga hat yeah that, we, that, is, that looks like it, it'll do it it <laughs> might be yeah <laughs> Uh, so That'll do the trick. Yeah. Tabby, before Nathan asks you our last question, do you have any you know, final thoughts or anything you wanted to say um, regarding social media or TikTok or anything in general? Um, I just want to say, like, I'm thankful and grateful and blessed for everything that I've been given and all the opportunities that I've been presented with That's on awesome. social media. But, yeah. So our... our- last question here and we thank you for joining us Absolutely. and sharing your thoughts this has been amazing i'm you know i i i've been blessed to you know hear you know what you've had to say and just your mindset has me thinking about how i interact with social media because i i'll admit it i'm i'm kind of a hater i don't know if on the last episode we came <laughs> off a little strong on social media um but you've helped you know open our eyes a little bit to some of the more positive aspects 
um, around social media. And so in regards to, no, not in regards to social media, <laughs> we have a fun question at the end here is in, and it's kind of a very silly one is cereal soup. Why or why not? Yes. Yes. It's soup. It's just cold. All right. All right. I can appreciate that. that, that. That's that's the answer. That, winner, that winner. being said, uh, what's your favorite uh, cold soup? Yeah, right. Oh, um, I'm going to get made fun of this, but Raisin Brand. I actually love Raisin Brand. That's my favorite, too, actually. <laughs> Birds of a no feather. Way. Yeah, that, that and like the fall flavors that come out, you know, I love those. But, yep, Raisin Brand's my favorite. <laughs> you and me both. Do you like pineapple on pizzas, too? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's bad. Hey now. All right. I think I'm going to have to wrap this up. Uh, we got some heresy going on over here. <laughs> but uh, Tabby, thank you so much for you know joining us, for enlightening us with your unique aspect and uh, perspective. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> I'm not sure where that was going. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> thank you so much, Tabby. Thanks for having me, you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we thank you for uh, tuning in. This is our second interview in this um, podcast on social media and the social media dilemma or plague, if you will. Uh, Today, we will be talking with Liz on her experiences with social media, how it's influenced her, you know, what what actions she took on social media. Um, In reference to our last uh, interviewee, we talked about, you know, becoming basically viral and how that affected her and, and what was her know, response being, being an influencer and using that um but instead with liz we're going to take a different approach and um liz you've uh, actually quit social media is that correct yes i have for the most part <laughs> so but before you ended up quitting i will we'll get into like what for the most part means but yeah, yeah. you know what platforms <laughs> were you on um and you know how did you use them what frequency you know what did that look like in your life All right, so I was on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I also had a Twitter account for professional use. Um, Still have the Twitter account. I never get on it, honestly, so it's kind of just there. Um, But I was on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook I got when I was about 16 years old, and I got Instagram when I headed off to college, so around 18-ish. And and do you use Pinterest or anything else? Is that technically, I, I guess, is a platform? Pinterest. <laughs> I use Pinterest way too much. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I get a little bit um, sucked into the hole of time manage- mismanagement using Pinterest. I also have, um, of course, a YouTube account. Mm-hmm. So I do watch videos on YouTube, which can also be a little bit of a time drain if you will um but i use them mainly to just connect with friends uh people who i didn't text every day sometimes texting can be a little bit hard to stay on track with i respond to texts horribly it takes me days sometimes weeks to respond so it's easy hey i'm not the only one (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um but it was easier for me to connect and like kind of have a a peek into people's lives a little bit on social media. So that's kind of how I used it. And what, what led you to delete 
some of your accounts and which ones did you do did you delete okay so i deleted instagram and facebook twitter i just never get on so i didn't really see i it's not a problem for yeah. me um pinterest i didn't delete <laughs> <laughs> as we've been over and youtube i didn't delete because youtube has its its vices but it also has a lot of pluses too yeah and why did you what what led to that decision to delete facebook and instagram in particular and did you do a hard <laughs> delete like erase your account or would you you know so I did do a hard delete because I am the kind of person where if I don't have a completely cut off, if I don't cut myself off from it completely, it's still going to come up and be a problem in the future. So I completely deleted my account, everything on both Instagram and Facebook. I deleted them around December. So during that whole time, there was just a lot of political stuff on there yeah. and a lot of hate and that's really what got me was there was just so much close-mindedness i i am a fan of being open-minded not in the sense that a lot of people think it means but i'm i'm okay discussing what i believe with somebody else and we may believe differently and that's perfectly okay but to debate something does not mean you attack the person themselves. And on social media, I noticed there was a lot of ad hominem, which is where you attack the man. Absolutely. And there were a lot of personal attacks. Yeah, you, you do see that a lot when people no longer have a good reason to logically argue their point. They devolve into, like you said, that ad hominem attack of just attacking the other person and their character as opposed to their argument because they can't debate the argument. Yeah, and in our last interview, we actually talked about, Tebby talked about how, you know, she was personally attacked by, you know, a video that, or TikTok, whatever you call it, that she put up. And it kind of runs into the same uh, same situation that, that she was faced with of, you know, they didn't attack the content, they attacked the person. And that's yeah. what you saw. Yeah, so, so, you know, having given up social media, has that, you know, affected your life at all? Like, were you... Like, I know you mentioned it was mostly because of the hate and the, the negativity around it, but um, what was what was your time usage on social media, you know, before giving it up? Because I know a lot of people do struggle with spending too much time, you know, scrolling Facebook or Instagram. Um, what did that look like for you? And, you know, how has that kind of changed since giving it up? So, basically, every time I picked up my phone, which was quite frequently, I was checking social media. Um, in fact, I, I work until three o'clock most days. And so <laughs> every, my family would know when I was on Instagram because there would be an influx of short little videos at three o'clock of <laughs> me just wasting time. <laughs> so that was a big issue for me was just managing my time wisely. And I struggle with managing time. I struggle with distraction and attention span. And so part of that attention span issue for me was my entire free time was being consumed by social media. Facebook somewhat, but mainly Instagram. Um, I just, I found myself constantly checking it. And if I didn't, it was kind of like an itch that I couldn't get rid of. Mm -hmm. So it was an addiction. It really was. And that was a real problem for me. I also forgot um, part of the reason I deleted my accounts was the change in, uh, oh, what is it called? The terms, terms and conditions. conditions. 
Jinx. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, y'all, jinx. Um, there was a change in the terms and conditions, and I didn't like it at all of having people having access to my – I mean, I already knew Facebook knew that I was very conservative by how I looked at things, but I just didn't really feel comfortable with the data they were collecting. Yeah, I think they were I've, having unlimited access to camera and every other app. And, everything on yeah, your phone. Basically, you know, you, yeah. you were giving every single ounce of privacy you thought you had. Yeah, and that, that definitely disturbed me a bit and made me question my usage as well when that came up. So um, definitely, I, I, can, I can support that. Yeah. And what, what would you say, obviously, you did delete, you know, Instagram and Facebook, um, which I think are more geared toward that social media aspect versus like a YouTube or uh, Pinterest, even though those are platforms. What would you say yeah. some of the positives of the ones you deleted are? You know, obviously we've touched on the negatives of the, the you know, ad hominem attacks, you know, the, the political just toxicity, if you will. Um, but what would you say were the positives, if any? If any, yeah. Yeah. No, they're definitely positive. Social media is a really great thing if used wisely. Um, granted, you do have all the whole deal with the terms and conditions, and that that is unacceptable in a free America. Mm-hmm. Grant moving more away from a free America, more toward a, a socialist country. Um, Totalitarian. But- yeah, it was so nice to be able to connect with friends, especially friends from college, because as I graduated, it was harder to connect with those people. And so social media kind of gives you that snap into somebody's life. And I honestly, I do miss that. I miss being able to see what people are up to, what they're doing. But yet again, it also forces me to take time to connect with those people that I wouldn't have if I didn't delete mm-hmm. social media. So there's pros of being able to connect with people. For example, um, in my line of work, they have learning communities where you collaborate with other professionals to learn more about your trade. And I really found that valuable because there were there were people in my career field that would post videos or those little reels about how they handled this situation at work or how they they delved into this issue and came up with a solution. And that was really helpful for me. And that's kind of why I keep YouTube and Pinterest is because I can get some of those um, professional like tips and tricks of the trade, you know? So that's partly why I kept those. Um, But as far as social media goes, it was fun to connect with people. It was fun to see different places, different things. You know, you get all those videos of traveling yeah, I want to go there someday. Yeah, yeah, I I have the urge to travel now that we've been, you know, in de facto quarantine, if you will, just kind of like can't really go anywhere. Although that is changing. Yeah. So would you say that um, quitting social media has made you have to be more? Um, I'm not sure what the you've had to pursue relationships more with more intent, and you know, mm-hmm. actually make real connections with people rather than just like snapshots of their life i do have to be intentional about how i use my time um and how i connect with people so my friends i went to school out of town and so my friends are scattered across the state 
And it's it definitely makes it a whole lot harder to connect with them because they all have social media mm-hmm. and they're all able to connect with their friends and I can't. So when people are like, oh, what's your social media? It's like, no, I got to give you my number, you know, or address so we can exchange letters. Like I exchange letters with one of my friends and Wait, how how old are you? Are you like eighty? <laughs> like that is that no. is not something you hear people, a young generation. Yeah, that do. people are doing anymore. Although getting a letter in the mail is super cool. Oh yeah, it's so cool. That's awesome. That's one of my favorite things though, is like you get letters from friends and they're more permanent. Yeah. And they're more uh, you just you know that they have to care about you more than a, a they're more personal feeling. An acquaintance friend. Yeah, you've gotta you've gotta like know that person and be able to communicate in writing and for me granted i'm not so great at replying to the letters i do get to them i do i make it a point but it it kind of pressures me in a good way not in a bad way it pressures me to be wise with my time and to really think about okay who do i actually want to stay connected with and who it was not a good connection yeah That for me was big because social media influences the way that you see yourself and you see other people and your relationships. It just does. Um, So I found that some of the friends that I was friends with on social media weren't positive friendships. Mm. I was getting influenced by them and they weren't pushing me to be uh, closer to Christ, honestly. Mm. The the content I was seeing was (laughs) vulgar and kind of pulled my mind away from walking with the Lord and was really making it hard for me to stay on the straight and narrow when when the wide path looked so much more appealing. Mm, I like that. That's that's really a tie in a little bit to our last interview as well. Just the way social media can influence you for or like away from Christ. And I think that it ties into, you know, um, a lot of what Paul speaks about uh, through Romans and elsewhere do not uh, be conformed by the patterns of this world. You know, social media is, they're actively trying to change and shape, you know, how we think and act. You know, they're trying to manipulate us into buying things. And so it's a, it's a group think mentality versus a individualistic worldview. In, in a sense, it's a, it's a battle of worldviews. Yeah. And so that's, that's <laughs> really that's really cool that you recognized that within yourself before it, you know, got really bad that you recognized that, you know, it wasn't healthy. It was, you know, conforming you to the patterns of this world. And you, instead you said, no, I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, you know, and walk with <laughs> Christ. And so that's really cool. Yeah. And granted every day, just to make it clear, the transforming of your mind is still, even if you do delete social media, it is still hard to transform your mind because Absolutely. there are still other things that influence you. absolutely but you know get taking that step to you know actively you know it it is a sacrifice to give up social media because there's a lot of you know dopamine even if it's fake dopamine i mean it's not fake you know psychologically but you know the dopamine hits that we get are not you know real there's no real value behind it other than oh somebody liked my post so you know giving it's up different. some of that fun you know in air quotes that social media can be um, for, you know, pursuing more real relationships. That's really cool. And part of the brain chemistry there is, um, so I have ADHD and so that affects the way that 
I process chemicals in my brain. And so with ADHD, you're easily addicted to things. Yeah. Okay. Social media is one of those things that gives you that instant dopamine release and you don't have to work very hard for it. So as far as entertainment goes, that dopamine release was like a drug. It was very addictive. And so you'd go on there and you'd be like, oh, I find my short attention span is is filled, quote, end quote, by this, 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 this short little reel that is really cool and really well done. You know, so your attention span, it was kind of training me to have a shorter attention span because I couldn't stay for those long videos. You know, you go on the reels is great for short connections, but you have some of the longer videos. I don't know what they're called on Instagram, uh, but Instagram TV, I think. Yeah. 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 There you go. Instagram TV. I couldn't sit still for them. Yeah. I it think... was really hard for me to watch through the whole thing and have a hundred percent of my focus on that. And that was kind of scary. Well, I think and you I see that playing out in, you know, culture and society. Like as we see these kids who are growing up with this sort of stuff, like, it's the I, microwave culture, as I call it. Everything has to be now. You know, it's yeah. it's instant, if you will, uh, unfortunately, using a canceled idea, instant justice, instant everything. You know, it's instead of, wait a minute, you know, hold on. Do you know the full story? Nobody wants the full story anymore. Nobody reads the full story. Nobody reads the news article. They read the headline. We can't We can't even watch a two-minute video anymore. Yeah. Like you said, like, that's that's so true. And I do find that even, like popping up with myself sometimes is we don't we can't sit still for that long we want the bare minimum quote-unquote facts whether they're true or not and then we want to move on well and i see you know i still have instagram and so sometimes i you know i look at it because i hit follow conservative people and you know groups on it and so i get some of my news from it um obviously i try to verify elsewhere to make sure i'm not just spouting nonsense but um (laughs) that it still consumes more time than it should. And I, and I have actually been thinking lately past couple of weeks, if our society had social media removed from it forcibly, yeah, yeah just you doesn't exist. We might see slowly. I mean, first it descended to chaos, but you would see a return <laughs> to hopefully maybe a preservation and care of the world around us. If you look back in history, you know, um, just from a construction standpoint in the 20s and 30s and 40s, we built things in this country that now we'd never dream of. You know, we'd never fix up a park and build, you know, stone pillars before you go into a park. We just fully on it, you know, pour some concrete. You know, we wouldn't build a, you know, a, a city hall that's amazing. You know, we'd build something that's usable. Is no, There's no pride in the, like, if you drive through a town a lot of towns in rural areas are run down anymore. They're not well kept. And unfortunately, I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying the society has changed the way we approach even our own front yards. It's it's made us into addicts of what's on the Internet. Mm. And I think that you... And the next generation... Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. But no. in the next generation, I work, with, uh, I work with youth and young people every day... And you see it big time. You see that their attention span is very short. And they're constantly, if they're on technology, they're constantly flipping between apps. And the, I suppose the work ethic isn't there because they haven't been taught to have a work ethic. They don't see it at home in their parents. They don't 
you see it on social media of sticking with something like you were saying, like the projects that we think of, for example, something a little bit more grannyish of how we think is knitting, crocheting, um, wood burning, things like that that take more time. Actually take talent. (laughs) Yeah, we see, we see, and not not hating on artists, but we see a move away from the art that may take a really long time to complete, like pointillism and things like that. And we see a move toward easier, more accessible art on computers and technology. And it's not Not saying those people don't have skill, you know, because it still takes a lot of skill. I can't draw. (laughs) They have skills, but you see a move toward a faster produced product it's becoming more of a product than it is a work of art. Yeah, yeah. I see. I see what you're trying to get at here, and you're, you're basically saying we've moved it, like the microwave culture idea. Instead of taking the time to make a meal, you put the meal in the microwave. It's that it's that dumbing down of everything, you know, mm-hmm. that we're seeing through the development. Of, Social media isn't to blame for all of this, obviously, but it no, does but... play a part in how people react, respond, and how society thinks. And I think the, to that point of like the microwave culture, like I was actually talking about this with somebody earlier in the week. Um, you know, we've it's this idea of convenience. It's more convenient and faster to just toss something in the microwave. But if we give that up, if we sacrifice some of our time, you know. We spend 30 minutes to an hour, you know, actually cooking a meal, you know, spending that time. First of all, you feel much better just about yourself having accomplished something, but that food's also going to be so much better for you. So, like, we've we've given up all of these great things for that convenience. Well, and someday mm-hmm. we may look back and say, what... Um, what were we doing? What were yeah. we thinking? We, we destroyed our own society. Now, I'm not saying all these individual examples we gave are the things that are going to destroy us, but it looks like we're headed down a road towards that. Yeah. You know? And so what, what do you see as like the solution for this? Like how do we fix this problem? You know, how do, how do we help the youth and the future generations like overcome this? Me personally? Um, I think that, We've been we've been hating a lot on social media. Yeah, okay? yeah, Just, we we recognize that already. We're there. a little we're, we can social be a little negative, and, cynical, huh? No. <laughs> yeah, we've been hating a lot on it. There is a lot of positive things. It is a great tool to use with young people to reach them. Um, it's a great way to connect with people, and I do think that there is a new form of communication that we're coming up with, like texting you think about how you use uh periods in a text or Mm -hmm. in a in a a message you use periods to express pauses to express uh uncertainty or disbelief in something you use emojis to express certain emotions you use slang words to show certain feelings about a topic those are all great ways of expressing yourself so we have a lot more of self-expression and we have things like your guys's podcast which is more readily accessible to people and easy to understand think about it you think about um news granted the media is a mess right now 
But you have <laughs> news spread so much faster. So let's say there is an attack in a school. Yeah. Okay. The news of that attack is spread very fast and the response is faster versus if you didn't have a way of connecting no, you're, before. you're right. It, it has put an instant communication device in everyone's yeah. pocket. And instead of it being, you know, got to go get to the hand, the crank phone, I got now it's, you know, as simple as just saying Snap dial something. Yeah. And I think it does help with uh, the international relations kind of. So understanding different people's cultures. Now, there's a lot of trash out there that you see and a lot of really horrible things out there as well. But you also have a broadening of our youth's understanding of other cultures and other other people's ideas. Now, here's where I digress, where I answer your question, John. <laughs> <laughs> the solution, I believe, is comes from the home mm. and the schools. Yeah. Schools completely... Either there's one of two kind of extremes that I've seen in many schools. You have the complete removal of any kind of technology and a, a move or a shift toward using more, I don't want to use archaic, but archaic method. Traditional. Traditional, yeah. traditional methods. And then you have an embracing of new technology entirely in one-to-one schools. What parents and adults need to do, this is such a necessity that, that I'm not sure how we would accomplish this, but they must teach wisdom on social media mm-hmm. and on different platforms. Mm-hmm. Our youth are so inundated by so many different ideas. Like I said, the, the internationality of social media is a great thing, but you also have the problem of the internationality of social media. Yeah. You have you have way too many things, way too accessible, way too young. Absolutely. And the way the brain develops and the way that everything works, youth are easily influenced. Mm-hmm. So you have this 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 spot open for adults to be able, people who have more life experience, to come in and pour into young people's lives and guide them and direct them to a place where they can think rationally about posting whatever they're going to post or saying whatever they're going to say or watching what they see we have in in schools teachers and and administration and things like that can promote classes and ideas that encourage critical thinking and this is a whole upheaval of our public school system. It just is. Yeah. Because our public our our school systems, whether it's public or private, private does a little bit of a better job teaching critical thinking, but there's a whole lot of memorization. And you have a whole lot less of critical thinking and application. So you need to start with training youth to critically think about what they're hearing not just to merely swallow. Hmm. So instead of a microwave culture where you take what you've been given and you immediately go around, tell all your friends, share it so it becomes viral, some viral things shouldn't be viral. Absolutely. 
Well, and I, <laughs> I think even from my personal experience in school, you know, one of the hardest classes I took in high school actually was one where I was forced to think critically and come up with solutions as a marketing class. And that was probably one of the most challenging classes I ever had, even though it wasn't that hard. But it was because I had, and the teacher even said, you have all been conditioned to think in the boxes structured for you in the way we teach. Mm-hmm. It's swallow this, swallow this, swallow this, instead of expression. Now, you can go real wacky with that, but you can also, <laughs> you know, like you were mentioning, critically thinking about an issue almost doesn't exist on social media, Real realistically. I mean, it, it's either you're listening to the group you agree with um, or... And maybe you'll see something on something that you don't agree with. But there's no critically delving into an issue and saying, okay, all right, there's two sides to this, but what's really going on? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just being fed what you want to see. And I think, I think you brought up like some really good points. I think, like you said, I don't know how or we, you know, do this shift. I don't know how we fix it, but it really does. It starts with the family, it starts in the home, it starts with mm-hmm. good role models. You know, if your parents come home and they're just on their phone all night what else do you, are you going to you know that's what you're learning from so i think it, yeah, lead by example right yeah so i think it it really starts with you know a culture shift that we need to make you know reestablishing you know the sanctity of the family and the home you know reestablishing dinner Guide- around the dinner table you well, know and guidelines guidelines you know take things Social back media, to the way you put it down put down your phone for uh, you you put it down at let's say seven o'clock every night and you don't touch it and you talk, you know? Yeah. I think, it, you know, take things back to how God created them, which was without social media. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. yeah. For everyone's clear. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it's not easy. Um, but yeah, we, we appreciate you pulling in some of that positivity again, because as we've already brought up, like we, doom and gloom, we, we are a little yeah. cynical <laughs> on the social media, but it's not, it's not all negative. So we know that you wouldn't suggest yeah. everyone quit social media, but you do suggest, as you've been mentioning, limits and time frames or restraint. Um, is and and you also delved into the education side of critical thinking and that kind of um, avenue <laughs> in life. Yeah. Um, would you say that you would ever rejoin social media, and what what would it take? Like at least Facebook and Instagram, right? Yeah, since you're yeah. you're still uh, actively scrolling Pinterest as we speak. No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you'd know if I I wouldn't I wouldn't be talking with you super well. <laughs> there would be a delay uh, to rejoin social media. Um, at this point, I don't think I would because I noticed myself. I was very influenced by what I saw. Mm -hmm. I was very influenced by what I heard and I don't use bad language. And I noticed that I was thinking, not using, but thinking bad language a lot frequently when I scrolled through social media. And I also noticed that if I, if I go onto YouTube and I watch YouTube videos that don't have wholesome content, I see myself slipping into that mindset of, it's dirty thinking immediately, <laughs> whether it's dirty in, in a, in a more, uh, how do I put this? 
sexual way, I guess. You can cut it if you don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's more sexual way or dirty thinking of like just thinking negatively about people. Yeah, perverted. Yeah, perverted. Not thinking. Away from a godly perspective. Exactly, yeah. And unfortunately, I even see in my own life some of the things that are posted you know people will say something and it'll include a bad word and i'll think it's funny and unfortunately by doing that i'm condoning their language use i'm i'm actually allowing myself to you know it's garbage in garbage out right we've heard it since Mm -hmm. we were kids but it it really is true yeah you're conditioning yourself to be callous to something that you see yeah and it all comes back to I think uh, for me not joining social media would probably have to do more with the the rules and regulations on social mm-hmm. media mm-hmm. and how much they have access to my data and my things like that because I I like to keep my stuff to myself I don't need everybody knowing everything about me yeah uh, it's just the way that I am now if you want to talk to me about it yeah we can have a perfectly wonderful conversation and I'll tell you about myself but I don't need it for all the world to see. Yeah. Um, so, I would say a big thing, though, is personal responsibility. You've got to take responsibility for what you see and what you do on social media. And for me, that looked like I couldn't control myself on social media because I spent way too much time and I saw it affecting myself negatively. And so my solution to that and and... I've had to do this with other things as well, is to completely go cold turkey. Yeah. And that was something that worked for me. And that's not something that would work for other people. Other people, it may be, and unfortunately, with my annoying phone, I did this and it was the stupidest thing I've ever done. I put a time limit on all of my apps and I forgot the password. Oh, no. And the only way you can find the password is by erasing your whole phone. Oh, no. So you can use time things, but remember the password. Write the password down. <laughs> put it put it on a post-it note and stick it inside the back of your phone case. Oh my whatever. goodness! Eight that... o'clock every day. Everything shuts down, and it's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do like what you said there. It really, it's something I think our culture has lost is a personal responsibility. We are responsible for ourselves, um, self-control. Um, I think that's that's a really big thing. Um, and so, you know, like you said, not everybody could pull this off, but um, we appreciate your input on this and, you know, your viewpoint on like quitting social media and what that's been like, you know, the positives, the negatives, um, and for the honesty of saying, you know, like, hey, I didn't have, you know, enough control to be able to limit myself, so I just got rid of it. I think that's that's really cool, and, you know, I'd like to do that. Um, unfortunately, I do have to use at least some social media for my job. I need to yeah. do it. I, I just need to. It's, <laughs> it's it's time where I was like, I what what's the point? I mean, I can follow my I like trains, so I can follow my train accounts, but all the other stuff, I should just unfollow it. <laughs> so like, I I would love to do that, but um, it's cool seeing you know somebody like yourself who's actually done it and followed through. And um, so before we before we wrap up with some some fun questions at the end here, is there any like final other thoughts or um, anything else you'd like to say about you know social media or quitting social media or bananas you know whatever (laughs) (laughs) bananas uh i'd like to to like touch on something that is kind of well known but not entirely is the way that you see yourself 
on social mm, media and yeah. specifically the body. I have seen so many young people, and this it tears my heart apart. They are so down on themselves because of what they see. They see the airbrushed, the flat stomach. I mean, think about it. Uh, coming from a lady's perspective, there is so much pressure to look a certain way and to to act a certain way and you've got to be you've got to be sensual you've got to have cute makeup you've got to have the beautiful luscious hair you know that you take super great care of and here's some self-care stuff that you can do to help yourself look more attractive and it may not be for it may be for look more attractive for your self-esteem but you're also dragging yourself down by doing that uh, you're making you're you're telling yourself whether consciously or not that the way you look isn't good enough. Yeah. The way you act isn't good enough. You've got to change that so that you can feel more confident about yourself. Yeah. And <laughs> you couldn't be further from the truth. Not saying you shouldn't be healthy and you shouldn't work out or you shouldn't take care of yourself. There's nothing wrong with that, but you've got to check your motive. Your value 100. doesn't come from the way you look. Your value doesn't come from how many likes you get on your selfie on social media. Your value comes from being created, lovingly created in the image of the almighty God. And yes. that is That is where your value comes from. Self-worth. Yeah, and your doesn't... purpose, and your purpose is not to be an object for for uh, males to appreciate. Your purpose is to to live is Christ. Absolutely, uh, yeah, to quote Paul, to live is Christ. And when we, especially younger women, and you're to edify and older women, anybody, you're... honestly, anybody. It's not to edify when your self esteem in yourself. It's to edify yeah. the Lord, and and for those of us. Who may be, those of you who may be listening, it's not. And if you're not a Christian, you know what is what is your ultimate? What are you living for? Self check. Like take a moment. What are you living for? You, you know, because the things on this earth will always always disappoint and lead down a road of where you will not be content in the peace. Yourself that the Lord can provide. Now, does it always feel like the Lord's providing peace? Well, no. Um, (laughs) But knowing that your value comes from him puts a different perspective on every difficult situation. Yep. And I, social media really affected the way that I saw myself and the way that I placed value on myself. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned before ADHD and there's a lot of really great resources out there, but there's also a lot of blaming. So blaming your ADHD for something that you do or something like that instead of taking responsibility for me is taking responsibility and saying, I'm sorry when I forget things. Yeah, I forget things a lot. Uh, You're not for the only me, one. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's taking responsibility when I just plain up waste time. Mm-hmm. and taking responsibility and accepting the consequences of my actions. And it's easier on social media to simply play the blame game and say, oh, it's my brain, it's my chemistry, it's biological, which there are pieces of it that is biological, but there's also a lot of 
let's get down to real real talk here it's a lot of are you letting yourself do this are you are you allowing yourself to stay in a spiral depression state not this is hard very hard to to say but for example listening to sad music when you're feeling depressed don't listen to depressing music it doesn't help it makes it worse (laughs) yeah like if you're if you're finding yourself being brought down or having a short attention span, try to build up your attention span using some proven techniques. There's science out there that supports uh, improving attention span and improving memory. Use those uh, for for people who struggle with depression. Logging what makes you really down. You know, what makes you depressed and avoiding those things? Mm. Let's say it's hanging out with a certain person who seems like they've got it all together. Don't do it anymore. Limit your time with that person. Or, don't be or rude, maybe but- maybe don't just do that, you know, because maybe they are a good influence, but maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe pull really your life to- together and, and, and as much as you can or, or you know, talk to what them. Or- speaking help, you know? Yeah, yeah. right. Instead of self-medicating and self-diagnosing using social media, oh my goodness, go to a doctor, go to a, a, a therapist. They're or or even a trusted friend and just communicate yeah. the struggles. Yeah. Again, I think this is this all comes down to, you know, taking self-responsibility, being responsible for our own actions instead of blaming everyone else for it. Um, and I think you've, mm-hmm. you've really shown a great example of doing that, of taking responsibility for yourself and um, just really really grabbing the bull by the horns and not letting social media, you know, drag you down, but saying, no, I'm, I'm going to champion my own life. Uh, so I think that's really cool. That's really admirable. Um, now, before we wrap up, we did actually forget one question at the beginning that we want to ask you. So Nathan, why don't you uh, throw this fun, you know, curveball question out there. So what's one thing that's really popular now, but in five years, everyone will look back on and be embarrassed by? <laughs> um... <laughs> Do you want a do you want a serious answer? <laughs> serious, funny, like whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever you feel whatever like. you think is popular now, but in five years, everyone's going to be embarrassed by. Oh, I'm going to give a dumb one that drives me crazy: corduroy, corduroy, <laughs> and velvet. Why are they back? They do not need to be back. They need to stay dead. <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, that's also another trend from the '90s. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. The 90s are coming back, and apparently no. we're going to be embarrassed by them. <laughs> now, Shoulder pads need to die. <laughs> because they make me look like a football player. Um, oh <laughs> corduroy needs to die because you sit down, and then it goes the opposite direction, and you've got this nice little shape of a butt when you sit down. <laughs> and velvet is the same way. Velvet's just a weird material that I don't like. It's so. icky. All right. It's so hot. So for for our final question for you, this is a very serious question. So we we've been laughing here a little bit. We've been having some fun, but this is serious. Is cereal soup, and why or why not? Mm. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? <laughs> you have to answer the question. It's, it's the already canceled question. So you got to. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um. Mm. Well, you could say soup has to be heated. But that's kind of silly because there's cold soups out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say no. Okay. Because, here's my reasoning, because 
you can eat cereal without putting it in milk. However, it's going to taste really horrible if you eat soup stuff without together. <laughs> like, not putting it in milk. Like, you can't raw meat. Yeah. Chow down on onions. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's that's, that's good. I like perspective. Yeah. I like the logic behind that. Well, Liz, this has been an absolute pleasure. We've we've loved and appreciated your perspective on all of this. Um, your take on you know quitting social media, what that's like, how it's affected you, how it's affected you, how it's an effect on society and our culture. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Wow, that was awesome, Nathan. Uh, I think we, you know, that was two very different interviews with some, you know, different perspectives um, on, in, on how they use social media. But still throughout all of it, um, there were some very similar themes. Yeah, I think it was refreshing as well. Um, I agree with you. And some of those themes were, for example, we saw the, from from a more negative, I guess, point of view, we saw the ad hominem attacks of the, the people on social media love to attack the person and not the idea or really have a, a thorough debate instead of it's just, you know, flagrant attacks. We saw, um, on the another hand, the self-worth aspect of how people view themselves by looking at social media and how that is a detriment to society. And then on a positive note, we saw... We um, saw how, um, you know, using your influence, you know, however God, wherever God has placed you, using that influence to be a positive light instead of just, you know, looking at the negatives, which, you know, on, to be honest, like we've we've been a little negative on social media here on the podcast, um, but instead of just, you know, jumping ship when you see how bad things are going, you know, using you know, the areas and the situations where God has blessed you and using that to be a positive influence and to try to share Christ's love with others. I think that's really cool. Um, And then, you know, recognizing within yourself, you know, where you may struggle with, you know, self-control or um, responsibility and taking that action, you know, being responsible for yourself and saying, you know, maybe I'm, you know, I do struggle with being on social media too much. So I'm going to do something about that. I think that was really cool and refreshing to see that both of these young women, while they have, you know, very different stories and very um, different interactions, like they both have really great heads on their shoulders and they're both, you know, it's it's so refreshing to see, you know, young godly women like that. Well, and we get to see a difference of perspective too from compared to what you and I would typically say or talk about. We we hear this from a from a totally different it really just two opposites to some degree um, of where they're coming from on the issue and how it's affected them. I mean, you, you also heard, you know, one of the other positives was it, it provides connectivity, you yeah. know, for people that you wouldn't, you know, friends that live far away and things like that. And that really is true. Um, and for many people, it is their communication tool. And so we're not saying, you know, jump ship, but we're also saying like, as John was referencing and we saw from Liz, that you want to gauge where you are at in this and and really understand how is it affecting you and is it a good thing? And if it's not, then maybe you need to make some changes, but only you know how and and what changes need to be made. Yeah, I think it was, overall, it was really encouraging to see, you know, um, well, they, I, I would liken them to, you know, opposite sides of a coin, but they were still the same coin. They still had a lot of similar points of view. Um, but, you know, having some fresh perspectives on this, you know, really diving into some stories from social media, I think that was really cool and it was really refreshing. And so um, if you guys enjoyed that, if you'd like to hear, 
you know, more interviews in the future. Maybe not quite as long, uh, but, you know, diving into um, other perspectives like this in the future, you know, reach out to us, let us know. Um, and you can reach out to us at the already canceled media at protonmail.com. It's it's called already canceled, not the already canceled. But. Already canceled media at protonmail.com, already canceled podcast on Instagram, on ca- at cancel underscore this underscore pod on Twitter, or just look up already canceled Remember everywhere, that's with two L's because that's how the sophisticated people spell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we went for the British spelling. <laughs> British spelling, not intended, whatever. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, shoot us an email. Let us know what your thoughts were. Yeah, it's been really fun. Uh, we're hoping to um, maybe have those those young ladies back on the podcast in the future, but have some other interviews in the future as well. But you can listen to all of that and more next time. At the Already Cancelled Podcast. Fellas, you have got what appears to be a dynamite sound. I can't believe you've done this. Thank you for your patronage. I'll be back. Oh, that's hot. Not a single thing he said is accurate. Bye!